Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. Colts lose in brutal fashion at home to the Eagles, 17-16. to We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Kevin Bowen from 107.5 The Fan. KB, what was the number one factor in your mind? What was like the number one thing fans can point to that you can point to to say this is why the Colts lost that game yesterday? Yeah, I would say the offense, just the inability to score um, finish off drives. It's now six games this season. They've scored a touchdown or less. Um, it's really hard to win football games when you do that. Um, and, and I would say maybe the second item on that list would just be an inability to finish. And, and you know, obviously the offense again more to blame for that. But still, your defense had a drive there at the end and got Philly in a fourth down and even a third and goal from the seven. I mean, those are chances that. I think a defense, especially one that's played as well as the Colts has this season, would like to kind of slam the door shut and, and kind of finish off that, that ninth inning, if you will. They played so well for eight innings. Um, just unfortunate to see the end in a game that if you win that, you know, it's got the potential to be kind of a season-altering victory. Yeah. So if I'm Gus Bradley, if I'm the defensive coordinator of the Colts, and I get it, they melted down on that final drive, but I think any fan would say if you hold Philly to 17 – you're going to have a chance to win. What's going right. through his mind right now? Do you think he's looking for other jobs? Do you think he is so frustrated with what's happening here, not getting any support from the offense, that he's probably looking elsewhere? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think what happens to the staff, obviously, is going to be a huge storyline. Like, if, if Jeff Saturday, the permanent head coach, does Jeff Saturday want Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator? You would think yes, but, you know, again, Jeff Saturday will – you would assume if he's going to be the permanent head coach would get full autonomy to hire, you know, whoever he wants. And then to your point, um, you know, does Gus Bradley want to be here? You know, that that would be kind of another element of all of this. Granted, he's, it would be a third different, you know, stop in three years. If you were to leave here, uh, but boy, you got to be so frustrated if you're a Colts defender. I mean, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, you know, uh, Stefan Gilmore, guys that have played really good football for you all season long. Yesterday, I thought you finally got some real impact from Yanni Kangakwe uh, coming off the edge there. That's been kind of a missing ingredient to this defense. And you know what stands out to me? I guess a couple things about the defense this year. Um, I thought something the old defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, that unit really struggled with is when they played the league's best, it kind of looked like a below-average unit. Well, when you've played Philly and Kansas City this year, you held the number one ranked scoring offense of Kansas City to their fewest points of the season, 17. And then you held Philly yesterday, the number fourth ranked scoring offense in the league, to their fewest points, also scoring 17. And they've done it without Shaquille Leonard, who you know has been such a turnover machine for the Colts throughout his time in the NFL. So when you look at that stuff, it probably adds to how even more impressive – the defense has been Kevin Bowen, the Kevin Query Show, one hundred seven five, the fan. How about I'll add another one to the list of reasons why the Colts lost yesterday? Brutal penalties. I mean, they those were some killer penalties of pass interference, lots of holding, illegal man downfield, plus that and the miskicked. Right, we'll add those two penalties and the yeah. miskicked. 
And, and I'd probably harp even more on the penalties, Nige. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what happened last week at the Raiders, it was kind of the reverse. You had like a 40 or 50-yard advantage in penalties. Yesterday, Philly had a bunch early on. Um, and then all of a sudden, you look at the end of the game, and I think the Colts had, I want to say it was 35 yards uh, more in penalties. And you brought up that defensive pass interference there on the game-winning drive by Philly. That's a 39-yard penalty. I mean, that is a huge play there to get them. And at that point, what you do is then you kind of eliminate any worry about the clock. And, and now they're on your side of the field. And they could have – and they kind of methodically moved down the field. And then obviously the Colts got the ball back you know, pretty late after that. So um, that penalty and then your offensive line. I mean, left tackle and right guard have been issues all season long. The rookie left tackle, Bernard Ryman, gives up two sacks and two penalties. And the second-year right guard, Will Fries, who we should note, this is the third different right guard. This is the third different left tackle of the season. Never good. None of those due to injury. Uh, Will Fries has three penalties himself. So five of your nine penalties – from those two young offensive linemen at the two spots that has hurt this team the most this season. I was texting with some of my buddies early on in this game, Kevin, and the Colts opening drive was great. It was Jonathan Taylor right down their throat, stop him if you can, ended with a touchdown. And the Colts' defense... They played well. They got Philly to punt, so the Colts get the ball back. It's seven to nothing. They've got all the momentum. It's third and one. Jonathan Taylor was rolling, and Parks Frazier calls some sort of pass play that doesn't work. <laughs> you have to punt the ball back, and man, it just feels like all the momentum was sucked out of the room at that point. Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe on that drive you had three straight passes. Um, you had an opening pass to start the drive, which lost four yards, a little dump to Jonathan Taylor. And then, um, you know, after that, you got the 13 yarder to pit in, like you said, the third and one. Yeah, I mean, if this was Frank Reich yesterday, I mean, he'd certainly be roasted for that. They got a goal to go situation late when they could have put the game away. Um, and they kind of got a little too cute, I thought, in that area. Um, I was probably most disappointed by the rushing offense yesterday. That was a weakness for Philly. It's been a weakness all season long. It's been even more of an issue for them over the past few weeks. And Taylor has that great opening drive, like you mentioned. The rest of the game, he had 34 yards on 15 carries. Um, I believe that's just, called an adjustment. The <laughs> Eagles made an adjustment, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there we go. Coaching 101 there from, from Nige. Um, exactly. And they just dominated the line of scrimmage and dominated – the interior, and I didn't even feel like Taylor had many running lanes the rest of the way. And again, this has been such an area where Philly struggled in, and they were coming off a short week where they really got banged up. Um, so I think that's probably what adds. Speaking of calling plays, has the screen pass ever worked for the Colts? <laughs> like I, especially in the late '90s, early 2000s, Tom Moore, the, uh, the he loved the stretch play. The stretch oh, play. Oh God, it's, I hated the stretch. And then every time I see them call a screen pass, I'm like, no! It's always some <laughs> bullet out of the defense just comes and just tackles them. It's just crazy. I, I hate that play. Yeah, the screen has had some issues. Wide receiver, running back wise. I don't feel like they've been able to get their tight ends involved. No. You know, I don't know if it's been the biggest story of the season, but I think they've really missed Jack Doyle. Uh, maybe seeing Zach Pascal yesterday, I think you missed his reliability. You guys are really good blockers for you and just really solid players. Um, and, and, you know, not to get like too deep in the weeds with you guys, but I think what you saw yesterday is you saw a Philly team that had some struggles in their run defense. They go out last week. They made two, you know, pretty notable free agent signings to improve their run defense, and it worked. 
And you look at the Colts this season, 31st-ranked scoring offense, and please find me one outside of the building free agent move they made on their offensive line uh, with their wideouts, with their tight ends. Uh, they fired their OC. They fired their head coach. They benched their starting quarterback. They had all that other personnel around uh, has stayed in building, stayed in house. At some point, you got to look at the roster and the personnel and say, that's the issue offensively. But wait a minute. Chris Ballard made it perfectly clear, Kevin, <laughs> that he can't possibly yeah. fix the offensive line and draft receivers at the same time. He made that perfectly clear in the press conference, did he not? Yeah, multitasking. Don't have Chris Ballard uh, cook the turkey and do the stuffing on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Um, yeah. He made that very clear. What did. was the what was the Eagles head coach? What's his name? Sirianni. Sirianni. What was his deal at the? Because I knew he. I know this is kind of a homecoming for him. He worked in the Colts organization as a coach for a while, and then what, was he chirping at other Colts fans there at the end, or or do you know exactly what he was doing? Yeah, that's what it appeared to be. Um, he is an extremely fiery individual, yeah. and I took that, and I took. I don't know if you saw his post game presser. He was pretty. Uh, it was kind of emotional talking about Frank Reich. Uh, basically, I take that for two things. He has an incredible relationship with Frank Reich. Without Frank, he does not have this opportunity, and that is him defending one of his close, close friends and certainly close professional relationships. And honestly, I think it's a middle finger at Jim Irsay and yeah. saying, you know, I know full well what you did behind the scenes and you didn't give, you know, my guy a chance to have the best success this season. And I think that's where you saw his passion and his fire yesterday postgame. But you know what, Sirianni, if you love Frank Reich so much, he's available right now. If he's such a great coach, if you're going to say all these things and be a complete D-bag after winning, go hire the guy right now. He's available. If he's a once-in-a-lifetime Vince freaking Lombardi, put him on your staff right now. But you're not going to do that because this team has been garbage all year. <laughs> well, maybe. Do you think Frank Reich was behind the scenes last week? Given Nick Sirianni oh, a few uh, Oh, tinfoil hat, tips. Kevin! Tinfoil tin hat. hat! Let's go! Get out the tinfoil hat! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, KB, uh, tell us where we can get more coverage. Yeah, um, 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, every day. Our sister station, 107.5 The Fan, and also 107.5 The Fan. So appreciate always hopping on with you guys. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. You got it. You too. You and your family. Thank you, KB. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.